Welcome, everyone, to the PW Fan. The PW Fan is the ultimate pro wrestling podcast created by fans for the fans. This is episode 104. I'm your host, collector, barber, musician, and most importantly, a professional wrestling podcaster, Talk Wrestling, Tim Gilbert. And I'm your host, the architect of pro wrestling podcast, Funko Pop Collector, Steelers fan, Booker Andy. Booker Andy with the uh the Steelers had a tough loss this week, G. I did see uh, that. If uh great. so if for those for those of you who don't know, Andy and I are brothers. We refer to each other as Chi. Uh, it's a long story. That's C H I Chi. We it's a long story, too long to get into, but we refer to each other as Chi. He calls me Chi, I call him Chi. Uh now the no selling, the no selling indie fan, uh, no selling indie wrestling fan, Jeremy, was here, but uh, he is being a good friend and uh, tending to some other business right now. Unfortunately, one of his friends uh, got into a car accident. They seem to be okay, but he is going to go get them and make sure they're all right. He was here earlier, but Jeremy is a a class act and a good friend, and he's going to go tend to some. Uh, more serious business. Um, all right. Today on the PW Fan episode 104, we will be discussing Tony Khan's gift for spin. Tony Khan's gift for Sting, excuse me. MJF versus Kenny Omega. Crown Jewel predictions and more. Of course, we'll be closing out today's show with our classic pay per view of the week recommendation. So stick around until the end. Before I pass it over to Andy. Uh, Got to do a couple social media things. ProWrestlingTees.com uh, backslash the PW fan. You'll uh, find all of our t-shirt designs on there. We got five different ones. Uh, YouTube.com backslash the PW fan pod. We kindly ask you to like and subscribe. We're trying to grow that audience on YouTube. Uh, thank you for everybody that has already been switched over to YouTube and watching on there and also liked and subscribed. It means a lot to us. For all other social media, kind of, you know, Instagram, X, all the uh, TikTok, just search at the PW fan. We should pop right up. Please follow us. We're pretty good about, like, you know, talking to y'all on messages and all that stuff. We're pretty interactive on there. So, yeah, uh, chat us up. Uh, Andy, I think that covers all the intro stuff. Uh, I'm going to pass it over to you and let you carry on with episode 104. It looks like it's just the Forrester boys tonight. So let's go in. Let's get Alrighty. going. Alrighty. Um, last week's Raw opened up with Finn Balor and Damian Priest. It wasn't very long into the show, though, into the segment, actually, I should say, that Cody Rhodes would end up coming out, um, and we would get a, an official match between Cody Rhodes and Damian Priest uh, made for Crown Jewel this upcoming weekend. It's Saturday at 1 p.m., though me and Tim are going to watch together later in the day, so don't spoil yes. it for us. No spoilers, um, Andy and I... Andy and I tend to, I would say, Andy, would you, I would say for the If it's on Saturday, we'll watch view, together. Yeah, but like anything if it's on, Saturday, on Saturday, we'll watch together. And and the big four. Rumble, Mania, yeah. Survivor Series, even and, if that's uh, a SummerSlam. Yeah. yeah, we usually watch all those together. Um, but at the end of the segment, the judgment day with along with JD McDonough would end up beating down Cody Rhodes and uh, making him suffer a leg injury. 
and that that would end the segment. Um, but we'll get back to Cody later. Rhea Ripley, a little later in the show, would end up confronting uh, Seth Rollins backstage. Um, kind of manipulating, toying with him, played out his ego, trying to convince him to align with the Judgment Day, um, telling him that he could be the world champion and uh, top Roman Reigns, but Rollins turned her down. And I remember him saying that he didn't want to be anything like Roman Reigns during this uh yeah, this was a pretty good segment. I will say, uh, even though Rhea is reciting the material that's like given to her and she has to kind of do the script, I think that she's great in this role. Like, It seems like they finally have decided to kind of make her the leader of the Judgment Day. Like, I think at first they tried to make Finn the leader. Well, it was Edge, obviously. And then Finn. But I think Rhea... In the leader role. And they've mentioned it or joked around with it. Like, other people not in Judgment Day have said that your leader's not out here. I think Cody said it during this segment I was talking about before. He said, but, he's I mean, like, I would you address think? your leader, but she's not out here. I think I think Rhea's kind of taken that role. But, like, I think it works. Like, I think it's a good role. Like, I think Oh, absolutely. When, when I see her as the leader of the Judgment Day, like, I don't question it at all. You know what I mean? Like it seems mm-hmm. like this is the right the right move. Like it's the natural progression. And everyone everyone plays their part really well and everyone falls in line to what she's saying. So, you know, it just elevates it even more. You know what I mean? But her talking backstage with Seth Rollins um is interesting cuz she's also doing the same thing to Drew. So it's like they're just she kind of out there recruiting uh, people, if she's recruiting, is someone eventually, are they going to, someone, you know, get kicked out of Judgment Day eventually and replace, or does the group get bigger? Well, I know he's your boy, but I really don't want him to join the Judgment Day. Even though they keep Funko Pop? Yeah, Funko Bobblehead, Giant Head McDonough. Yeah, man, I don't know. I don't like it. They seem so good without him. I kind of like the idea. Okay, so I'm going to do a little bit of old school wrestling uh, historian fan for you. So R-A-S-S-L-I-N. Disco Inferno. R-A-S-S-L-I-N. That spells wrestling. Uh, so Disco Inferno, Glenn Gilberti, uh, one of the hosts of Bustin' Open Radio, which is a, a great podcast. I listen to it all the time, actually. Um uh, not I'm sorry, not not busted open radio. He's on there with uh, keeping it one hundred right? with Conan. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, but also uh, both of those podcasts are fantastic. Uh, but uh, I, I like keeping it one hundred a lot. Also, uh, so uh, Disco's role in the Wolf Pack was kind of this thing where he wasn't in the Wolf Pack, but like he was kind of like an ally of the Wolf Pack, and he would come out and he would help. And I don't know if he was ever like an official member. I'd have to go back and check my uh, my facts. Well, more that. recent, but, it's uh, like how Sammy wasn't an official Bloodline member for a while, right? Like he's in, but he's not in. Like I kind of I do like it, but I I think they should just keep playing with the like he's in, but he's not in thing. I don't know if making him a full fledged member. If I'm buying it as a fan, if I'm buying it fully, what about you? Are you into it? Like if they said he was in. Would you well, buy you know, it or not? I like JD. I've been watching JD since he was on NXT UK. Yeah. 
when he was Jordan Devlin. So, but that's a good that's a I'm good in. perspective to have. That's a good perspective to have because I don't know much about him. So, me saying like, eh, I'm not sure about it. There might be tons of people that are saying like, no way, he would be a great fit. Like yourself, like you said, you're in. So, there was a there was a takeover, one of the early NXT UK takeovers where. Jordan Devlin was going to have an opponent, and it ended up being a surprise, and it was Finn, and they had a had a really good match, and Finn's the one that trained JD. So, yeah, I did know that. I didn't know that Finn. That out. I did know that Finn trained JD, and they did have a match a few years ago back on NXT UK, right? And it was like a banger. That's what. I, yeah, that's what I just said. It was on the Takeover uh, NXT I'm sorry. Take, UK NXT UK Takeover, I should say. I um, I, I apologize. I. I must have zoned out for a second on that part. My all good. Apologies. No, I think actually you and me watched that together at the time, if I'm not mistaken. But no, we did. It was or at good. least we definitely talked about it. Yeah. Um. So yeah, I mean, I'd like to see him in in there, but we'll see what happens. I feel like Damian Priest keeps getting a push, and maybe he'll push his way out into being on his own again. But who knows. I thought maybe one of them was going to be out when him and Balor were having issues, but they resolved it storyline-wise. Um, moving forward, Becky Lynch retained her NXT title against Indy Hartwell, but I will add the next night uh, at Halloween Havoc night one, Becky would lose the title to fellow Irish woman Lyra Valkyria. So, I don't know much uh, about she her. Is now I don't know much about her. Do you have any like insight on her, like any uh, back backstory or scoop? Where'd she come from? Who is she? So she's from Ireland. Um, I think she also trained at the same place Becky did, which might be Fergal's, aka Finn. So, so, so Finn, because Finn trained Becky too. Yeah, at um, least in the beginning. Yeah, but she she went. Um, she's from there. And then uh, she was in the NXT UK a little bit under a slightly different name. They changed it only a little bit when she came to NXT. But uh, I thought she was really good then. I kind of thought her character has gotten way better. She used to come out with like all these feathers on her like shoulder pads and and things. It was a bunch of stuff with birds because she was like a Valkyrie. I do wish like part of me is like, damn, I should have kept up with N- uh, WWE. NXT UK like you did because it was only an hour long. The, yeah, but you know all these people, like all these people that come up, and I feel like you're just like, yep, I know this guy, I know about him, like he's good. I mean, I was watching Walter good. all the time, at, at when he was champion. I, mean, I will say that Walter was getting me to watch frequently, even when I wasn't tuning yeah. in regularly. Like he would get me to actually watch the show. Walter's great. Well, did you know? Um, did you even know? Eli, since he, you don't watch, did you even know what Ilya Dragunov is the NXT champion? It was what Walter. It was before? Gunther, and then before that was Walter. Oh, sorry. He's Gunther now. He was Walter. That's yeah, right. he was Walter. Yeah, but Ilya Dragunov, who he had great matches with, is the NXT champion right now. No, I, I have know. seen that. No, I have seen that, and I also have seen. And then Dom's that, the um, North American champion, as we know. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, um, so yes, Becky really did lose the title, it. though. Yes. Yes. I will say um, it's it's weird, Andy. You got to think like five years, six years, seven years have passed since this time. 
oh my god, like fucking eight years now that I'm thinking about it, dude. It's like make it scary. But like basically a kid who was in like I'm trying to think of the math here. Sixth grade, like that's when NXT black and gold at its peak was. It's probably finishing college or an adult now. So it's just like so weird. Like I feel like unless you were there for the NXT black and gold in its prime, God, it was so good. really into it, dude. It was, it was, God, it, was, it, so it was better than Raw and SmackDown. It was like, uh, definitely. I feel like NXT. NXT black and gold in retrospect, right? Cause we didn't, you thought it was good at the time. You were like, this is good, but like, what if something else came along? And then AEW's great, and I like AEW, even though we have our opinions. And but I enjoy the show overall. But I almost feel like NXT Black and Gold, like twenty fifteen to twenty eighteen, you had like to if be you there. look at it, dude. It was like perfect wrestling, so good, so good. So good. Every every this like was before all they the had the TV view. deal. I think you had to watch on like God. That. The takeovers were absolutely incredible. Like I got goosebumps. Thinking about how good some of those takeovers were. Yeah, they got the TV deal mid, like, in the middle of, like, that era of black and gold. But at and, first, you could only watch. And I tell you what, a voice, that's a, a voice that's severely, severely missing in today's wrestling, whether it's WWE, AEW, Impact, NWA. Um, Andy, you'll know his name. That, that announcer, he is incredible. He's absolutely incredible. It is a damn yeah. shame that he's not announcing pro wrestling in 2023, almost 2024. Doing, like, I think he's doing combat sports and stuff, but yeah. I, I mean, I know he's doing legitimate like commentary over like legitimate sports now, but I mean, he he was absolutely fantastic. Like, if you go back and watch those, some him, of those shows, God, he's so good. His reactions were great. And he knew everything. Um, he he was like Excalibur. He knew the same amount of like moves as Excalibur as far as all like the indie stuff and all the crazy like names of stuff that you're like, I've never even seen that move before. He knew all that stuff. But he also was just a good commentator, like a genuinely good commentator. There's a there's a super, super good documentary uh you can find online about him. I've seen it before. It's called Bipolar Rock and Roller. Um very very good so if you haven't had a or not heard of it but if you know of him and want to check it out i suggest it yeah. we but love yeah, you no, dude um we lo- we love you and we hope that one day even if it's you know five ten years from now one day you'll call a couple pro wrestling matches again because you i mean he wasn't even around that long guy's one of the best of all time in my opinion like not even like a question absolutely yeah, I'd like to see him back. Yeah, and, and you're right. There, there's no one that that is doing what he did. It just added to the product. So, and and they got it on NXT. It's like not even the main show, you know. Just like you know, I just want to reiterate. Like people are like, "Oh, Excalibur's Excalibur's great. He knows every hold, every indie hold." I'm like, dude, this guy knew all of that, but was also just like, just good. Like he was good. At, you know, like he was great. It was awesome. Yeah. Um, so continuing on with Raw, though, uh, we had Zia Lee attacking Candice LeRae backstage. 
Then there was a women's fatal five-way contract signing for their upcoming match at Crown Jewel, which of course would end with a brawl. Um, instead of all four, all five ladies, that was for them, while Rhea watched from the outside of the ring, uh, smiling and laughing. We then had a segment with Logan Paul on Raw, which, um, you know, he he's right now feuding with Ray, who's on SmackDown, but he. He came to Raw uh, and ended up having a segment with Dominic Mysterio, who also does not like Ray. Obviously, I um, I know that we I know that a few episodes we touched on Logan Paul winning his boxing match and at the end bringing up Ray Mysterio. But Ray. now that like yeah, like now that the dust has kind of settled from that, I personally I like it. I like that he. I'll tell you one keeping... thing: combat sports guys do not. From well, what I've seen fuck online. them then. But like, the, but they also don't understand. They were like, "Why wrestling. are you mixing it?" Or because business. he's because they don't. If you told them the word kayfabe, they wouldn't even know what that was. They don't understand. That's true. But I love, I love the fact that look, I'm not a Logan Paul fan by any means. I mean, dude, I see his energy drink and his Gatorade drink in the store, and I'm like, fuck, I don't even want to buy it. But like I will say, like it is cool. It, you? I have bought it, dude. Have you ever tried the fucking uh, what's it called? The blue like prime. The, no, no, not the blue prime. The the something ice. It's like stars was it the and red, white, blue one. Oh yeah, dude. It tastes like that. Like, like old a bomb, is it like a bomb pop? Yeah. Oh, it's so good. Anyway, uh, I don't even. But I I don't anyway, even when so I buy it. I. When you buy it, it's like buying a pack of cigarettes. Like you feel like you're like, I know I shouldn't be buying this shit, um, but like, <laughs> uh, but uh, dude, I love that he's keeping it kayfabe, dude. Old school, fuck it. Like if you don't like well, it, he's getting paid a lot. Care. That's for sure. Um, well, it's also so, yeah, more during... badass. Here's the thing, people, people are mad. Okay, people are mad. Like, why are you mixing them? I'm like, okay, if he lost the fight. It, uh, if he lost a real life fight and then afterwards was like Rey Mysterio, I'm coming to blah blah blah. It's like, dude, no, he beat a dude's ass in real life, and then was like, also I'm calling out Rey Mysterio. Like I'm like, I mean, you're just mad. You're just mad that he's yeah. like doing good, you know, crushing it in the world. Again, I'm not. I I really need to reiterate, and I like I. Like I'm not a fan, but I'm just like I'm calling it like I see it. Again, well, now that I'm Japanese, older, I, I'm not Japanese. Japanese Suicide Forest, never forget. That's all I'll say. But I can appreciate a good old kayfabe when when you need to. And as a fan of wrestling, I I don't mind him. I get I I don't mind them trying to get eyes of people that don't normally watch on wrestling. I think it makes everything better in the end. If you can gain fans. Um, but yeah, during this segment with Dominic and Logan Paul, uh, the boos for Dominic were, I want to say, extra loud than normal. It was just, it completely drowned out the promo. Um, and then P- Logan was trying to listen the whole time, but he, he just couldn't. He kind of had to take over a little bit, but even they were booing him. Um, in the end, though, Logan would uh, bring in the ring announcer, Samantha Irvin, who is Ricochet's fiance, and um, Ricochet would end up coming out and uh, brawling with them 
for for bringing his fiance with it. If you remember, he kind of had unfinished business with um, Logan after their match at SummerSlam, um, which this would lead into the opening match for this week's Raw, which would end up being Dominic Mysterio versus Ricochet. So it all came full circle. Uh, Drew McIntyre would defeat Sami Zayn due to a distraction from Rhea Ripley. And Seth Rollins and Drew uh, made a vow to one another backstage not to involve the Judgment Day at Crown Jewel since, like we said, Rhea keeps going around trying to uh, recruit either one of them. And then the main event was Damian Priest defeating Jey Uso. Uh, This was due to Finn Balor interference. There was a post-match beatdown to where Cody Rhodes would end up hobbling out there uh, and selling that leg injury from before he hobbled out there with the chair and helped uh, defend off everyone from Jey Uso. So that would wrap up Raw. Anything to add to him? I mean, I mean, my only thing to add is Cody is just on fire as a baby Still face. A star. He's a star. He's everything that he wanted to be when he came back to WWE I feel like he's done so far so except for win the title but we'll we'll see if we ever <laughs> yeah. get there one last thing he's won the rumble he just hasn't won the title my thing is after that like okay let's say he finally does dethrone Roman this is all hypothetical in the future he dethrones Roman he wins the title it's like shit dude what do you do after that it's like you've done everything that you need to do I mean but it's weird to me that some yeah. of these guys, man, like, it's weird to me that some of these guys, like, I look at them and I'm like, oh, they still have stuff left to do and, like, they're still in their prime. But then I'll, like, look at their age and I'm like, oh, my God, they're the same age as, sh- like, you know, when Shawn Michaels came back in 2002. That's what Seth is, we found out, is right now. Oh, my God, it's so weird. I feel like the dude's, like, still in his, like absolute prime still like maybe not even to me Shawn Michaels was in his 40s forever (laughs) he was just always in his 40s oh it's so weird Uh, yeah when he retired and then became super old if you watch that early DX footage of him with like the braids and it's just him Triple H in China I'm like god he's only like a year or two he's like your age I know it's god it freaks me out dude uh, let's get into Dynamite. Uh, Dynamite opened up with a MJF backstage with Renee. Roger Strong and the Kingdom would come up, and MJF had a message for Jay White and Juice Robinson. This would lead to the opening contest, which was MJF versus Juice Robinson for the Dynamite Diamond Ring. MJF would end up defeating him. There was a beatdown after to where the Kingdom would end up coming out, and the Acclaimed would come out. Uh, Bullet Club Gold would end up coming a pro- cutting a promo, uh, as well as MJF afterwards. Um, I'm trying to remember everything that went down. Yeah, so uh, MJF would come a promo back. Roger Strong would be out there with the Kingdom, and uh, he wants MJF to pick a team to tag with him um, to go up against the Bullet Club Gold. MJF tells off the Kingdom and Roddy. Um, Basically, fuck off, I believe. <laughs> and so then Max gets Max Caster gets on the mic, and the acclaim tries to convince uh, MJF, but um, MJF says no to them as well. 
Kenny Omega would end up meeting MJF at the top of the ramp, and they would have some words for one another because um, MJF's title reign is coming up on the amount of time that Kenny Omega held it, which would be the longest reigning um, AW champion. And I believe the week before, MJF had whispered in Kenny's ear, 13 days, bitch. And I think yeah, Kenny hilarious. this time around whispered like three days, bitch, or something like that. Um, and this would lead to their match eventually on Collision that Tim mentioned at I the don't top know, of the show. I don't know if we've really chatted about it between me, you, and Jeremy, but like, I wish he was here to bounce this off. But I'm just going to ask, like, say straight up and ask straight up. Like, I'm going to say straight up, I don't like babyface MJF. I don't like this, like, I'm trying hard, but I'm your scumbag. I'm like, ah, I'm like, God, come on. I don't like you this. To, you want everyone to boo him? He's, a he's too good, though, in his character that he can't. Fucker. But if, when you're that good at being a heel, you end up being liked. And so, like, how do you get yeah. away from that? My thing is, like, whenever he says nice things, like, my thing is Stone Cold Steve Austin never said, like, like, I'm trying my best out there for you guys. It's like, no, he, it's like he was still just him. Like, so my thing is, like, I don't know. I just don't like when MJF, I love MJF. Uh, you I mean love be when, himself, I don't, even if the crowd cheers you, don't pander to them. I don't, yeah, like, don't do the thing where you're like, I'm going to give it everything I got every single night. I'm like, ah, oh, shut the fuck up. I don't want to hear that. Killing your character. <laughs> right, like... It's like, that's uh, the worst. Well, Don't say that. As we continue talking. keep talk- being as- literally you. I'm your scumbag. Um, no, I don't like that. Well, speaking of, like, <laughs> speaking of MJF, a little bit after that segment, um, we would have a quick video from Wardlow, who talked about his time off during his injury, and he is promising to take everything from MJF. So, so we yeah, now know why so, Wardlow had MGF written on his. So uh, that's wrist. that's all. That's a little confusing to me because I'm like, okay, uh, you know, he was saying that like, he, this and, is what he was saying in the video. He was saying that the guy that he everybody, beat, which he right. which he did, ended up becoming champion. Ended up headlining the biggest wrestling match, and Wardlow beat him, yet had to sit at home. Yeah, but then he was also talking about, like, everybody's just going to forget who Max really is. Well, I don't forget. I'm like, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, it just seems like... Well, look, like you're, you're the MG- one wanting Max to go back to the way he was, the the way he was that Wardlow was talking about. Yeah, but there's, like, four different MJF storylines going on. That's the problem. He's, like, dealing with the Adam Cole thing. He has the thing with Bullet Club Gold. And then, randomly, you got Wardlow in the background being like... I will take everything. It's like Jesus Christ! Like how many how many issues does this guy have going on at once? And he has the match with Jay White at um, Full Gear, and they announced that he's going to have uh, an ROH Tag Team Title match at the Zero Hour, defending the titles. But he's going to have a mystery partner. Could it be Punk on the Zero Hour? Should we talk ah. about that that article I saw today? Okay, so last week, if you guys listened, we mentioned what if CM Punk is the devil in in the mask, and it's the biggest swerve of all time. And then today, I sent the group a picture of an article I found, just opening up on my homepage of my uh, my browser, and it was 
what I want to read the exact headline just so I don't I don't Dude. mess it up. But the exact I headline was What if CM Punk is behind the devil mass exploring the possibility of AEW pulling off the biggest swerve of all time? It would be crazy. I okay. Let's explore the possibility that it could happen. If you and I are watching together and he pulls that mask off and Punk is under that mask, I genuinely might pass out. <laughs> when is his two months? When is his quote unquote two months up? Dude, I I don't know. Do you know, think it's by like, full gear? Andy, just put yourself there. We just got a buffalo I chicken am, pizza. We're chilling. He ri- yeah. he he rips that mask off. The devil mask. It's punk. What are you doing? What's your reaction? Uh, I mean, I don't pass out like you. You're gonna be crying, CM Punk fan. No, dude, come on. I know you're gonna be fucking freaking out. I mean, I'll jump up out of my seat. So okay, so punk. All in I'm took place August twenty. I don't think I'd. Okay, look, I don't think I'd pass out, but I'm gonna do the thing that like people do during like a football game where you like stand up and you start like pacing back and forth. Like I'm like I'm at least gonna be doing that. Like hundred percent. So all in listen, all in was August twenty seventh. Uh the next pay per view is full gear, which is on November uh nineteenth, I believe. Eighteenth. All right. And remember a little while ago, he was saying, oh, once his two months are up, blah, blah, blah. What if this is Booger Andy? If this is what they're doing, what if after MJF beats Jay White, lights go black, devil's in the ring. And remember, Punk's the real world champ, according to him. He never lost it. And then we reignite the MJF Punk feud. I'll pass out. You want to say, hear me say, I'll pass out. I'll pass out. <laughs> if they do that shit, dude. 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 I'm just saying. <laughs> if you. If that if, scenario happens, I'm asking you the, now. What do you do? The same thing. But, like, I'm just saying. I don't care who you are. If you might they, cry. He, I think you're going to cry. If they pull. If he is in the all black in the ring and the mask comes off and he's. It's CM Punk, and he grabs the mic, and he does the greatest thing that Devil ever did was make you feel like he didn't exist. Like I will, I might pass out. <laughs> Dude, and he swerved every like they swerved everyone. It would be the greatest the trick the greatest... Devil ever pulled. <laughs> Dude, I, I mean, fuck. But I don't want to even cheese like I'm cheesing because I'm like. It's not going to happen. I don't feel like anything in wrestling could ever be that good. That devil payoff better be good if it's not going to be punk. Well, that's the thing. Like, you better... If they take that mask off and it's, like, Lee Moriarty or something like that, like, I'm going to be like, the fuck? (laughs) (sighs) No offense to Lee Moriarty. He had a banger match with punk. I just just don't see him coming back at Survivor Series. With all due respect. Well, now I'm all confused. Now I don't know what's real anymore. As we, Andy and I, like to coin the phrase, "I don't know what's real anymore" when yeah. it comes to everything, wrestling, the world, whatever. But like, 
I I don't know what's real anymore as far as is he coming? Is he not coming? Is he just trolling? He did the same thing before that he wasn't going to show up in Chicago on the the first dance or the yeah the the first dance. It was that what it was when he came back? Yeah, he, yeah. he did the same thing. Said he was busy at home. I don't know. I I don't. Know. We'll see, man. TikTok. Look, it doesn't. Here's the thing. It doesn't matter. Can you look? Either way, he shows up at Survivor Series. I'm freaking out. He pulls the devil's mask off in AEW. I'm freaking out. It's a win-win. I mean, wouldn't you say? It doesn't matter which company. Like, either way, I'm going to be like... We actually fired Jungle Boy, not CM Yeah, seriously. God, that would be amazing. (laughs) Fuck Jungle Boy. But, uh, sorry. Jeremy would be like, that's not very nice. Uh, (laughs) So, for, for Jeremy, we'll say Jungle Boy's fine. Moving on. Still no word on his suspension, by the way, really. So let's talk about this Sting segment and Sting's gift from Tony Khan. Uh, he came out for a segment, and that included should we, Darby uh, Allen. And- should we call the gift from Tony Khan, 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 Tony Khan what Christian Cage called it? I'm drinking a beer right now, by the way. It's Mug. Delicious. Sponsor a smug group. Now I'll, I'll I'll get to what Christian Cage ended up saying, but so he's out there with. Let me just say the facts. He's out there with Darby Allen, Tony Schiavone, and his gift apparently was Ric Flair, who made his first ever appearance on AW. It television. was cool. All it all Christian cool. joke. Um, all all Christian jokes aside, this was actually cool. So he came out there. He uh, he gave him a hug, um, and Sting Sting looked long. genuinely Sting looked genuinely happy to like see surprised. him. Surprised? Yeah, like you think he looked he knew like they he was actually, actually going to be there. Uh, they might have kept that part a surprise. I don't know. It's Sting like when his music hits, he looked genuinely like pumped. So as Tim um, said. There was a stuff that went down with Christian Cage. Um, and so I'm, I want to try to find some, some quotes that, uh, that Christian said during. Well, the one that uh, comes off the segment. top of my head that I was referencing before, the one that comes off the top of the head, my head that I was referencing was where he says, he said, so this is the gift that Tony Khan got you, huh? So he basically got you a suit, some gold chains, and a black liver. Great gift. <laughs> yeah, he said. Uh, he said Tony Khan's a a billionaire, and this is the gift he's giving Sting: a suit, some gold chains, and a black liver. Um, he said, "I also know he there's said, not a god." Well, because- he's like, "Yeah, great gift," or something like that at the end. <laughs> He also said, I know that there's not a God because if there were God, Ric Flair would have been dead 20 years ago. Flair, I will say, like, Flair, people are always like, oh, Flair's sad and he gets his feelings hurt. And I know he had that awful appearance a few weeks ago on the Kill Tony podcast, but Flair looked like he was lo- he looked like he was loving this. Like, his face looked like he was, like, in his element. He liked it. And I think he likes Christian, so he was, like, into the whole thing. 
was uh, I'm trying to remember. Was was Flair and Christian? They were in TNA at the same time, weren't they? Oh God! I mean, maybe briefly. There had to have been some overlap. I always think of Christian's big TNA run in like oh five, oh six, right after WrestleMania twenty. Did he? Oh, he ended his run, his wrestling career for a little bit in WWE. That's right. Well, yeah, he came back to WWE and did. He had great matches with the Orton and had a run. I think it was. Yes, yeah, so I don't, I don't think he did. But obviously, they they they've worked together before. I guess is what I'm getting at. So uh, of course, no. They've worked, I mean, me- do they work together all the time? Back when you and I were growing up on Raw. Yeah. So Sting basically said that Flair's going to be around um, till the end, which would be so. I guess we're going to see basically mean we're going to see Flair a lot more on television um, up until Sting retires. I gotta hope Sting's last match because it's still to be determined isn't against Flair. God no. No, I mean I. No, I mean I hope not. But at the same time, like, and not at the same time, but like, man. I haven't talked a lot about Sting in this run. I don't really have much to say about it. I don't think he's been used badly or anything. But, uh, you know, he's been good as Darby's manager slash, like, you know, protector. Uh, what's, uh, what's the role model kind of role? Mentor. Uh, but, I mean, Andy knows Sting's one of my favorite wrestlers ever. Uh, top, top four, top three. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, this is like kind of cool for me to be like watching live, especially with my brother, watching the uh, Stings, because I, you know, when we were really little kids, I remember watching Sting over at our friend Josh and John's house. I always like to bring them up on the pod because I feel like Andy and I, in a weird way, might not even be doing this today if it weren't for them but yeah it'll be cool to watch that with you dude you know whenever Sting's last match whatever that is I'm Some excited to watch circle. that with you full circle yeah. wrestling uh, wrestling full circle for sure um, Sting, is, so- Sting is one of the wrestlers Sting, Sting is one of the wrestlers and Andy would agree that uh, that got us and, you know, we got really into wrestling probably around 2001 2002 but I will say that Sting is one of the wrestlers that, because it was cool originally, man. like when we were little. I mean, Sting yeah. got me and Andy into wrestling. I was like, "Holy shit, this guy's the coolest looking." He was looking. He was a superhero, basically. He looked like he was yeah. a got like a goth superhero. He looked awesome. Um. Well, yeah. When that time comes, you know, we'll definitely be watching together, and that's February, I believe, at Revolution. Sting said that's when it's going to happen. Um, but let's, let's keep moving forward on Dynamite. I didn't realize I had so many notes for Dynamite. Uh, we had a sit-down interview with Chris Jericho and Renee talking about his recent, uh, squash match, basically, against Powerhouse Hobbs, saying that no one's really ever manhandled him like that. Then we had a segment, uh, that took place after the, uh, Hung Bucks defended their ROH trios titles. Uh, Swerve Strickland went to Hangman's house and um, ended up like standing over Hangman's son's crib 
and was basically threatening Hangman and his family and um yeah, I don't know. It was kind of dark. Um then backstage we had Adam Copeland, Darby and Sting um who were basically telling Adam to snap out of it, you know, they know that he wants to end his career with Christian, but Christian isn't the same guy and um to kind of I guess fight with them against him. Hikaru Shida would end up retaining her championship against Ruby Soho, and then Tony Storm would come out afterwards. We had MJF backstage, where Samoa Joe would interrupt and offer his uh, offer to be MJF's partner in exchange for a rematch. I believe MJF took into consideration, especially more than other people that have offered uh, their services to him. And then the main event was Brian Danielson and Claudio Castagnoli defeating Orange Cassidy and Okada. Now... They're saying in this, in this match, Brian Danielson broke his orbital bone. Um, I believe he actually is had did break it, but I think what came out today is that I read, you know, storyline purposes. They're saying it happened during this match. They were like it's either from the Rainmaker from the Orange Punch, but I believe I read it's actually from um, the Andrade match. The week before on collision. Well, dude, when he said the when he said the orange punch, I was like, "Are you fucking serious?" No, like, come on. No, it would. But don't they're just writing the injury into the into the story. I know, line. but I just was like, just the way he tried to like sell, like maybe it was the orange punch. I was like, oh my god, that I literally or- moaned out orange loud. Orange punch from Orange Cast. I was like, cringed out loud when that he said that. But that was dynamite. Let's get into SmackDown. Um, I, I say it every week lately. SmackDown is on fire. It is. SmackDown's maybe the best wrestling show on TV. Uh, I, I'm sad. I 100 agree with you. A few months ago, I mean, yeah, a few months ago, we would have said SmackDown and Collision. Collision was really something special for about two months before it ended. You mean but. every time Punk was on it? While Punk was around? No, it was a good... No, not every time Punk... I mean, yeah, that part was great, but, like, the show top to bottom, and I think it's because he was helping. It felt like classic SmackDown wrestling-wise. It felt like a wrestling show. That's what yeah. I'm getting at. Um, okay, so before the first segment... By the way, didn't happened, I... Didn't I... You're wearing that AJ Styles shirt. Didn't I buy you that, like, six years ago? Yeah, it was ago? the very first uh, WWE AJ Styles shirt that they came out with. Dude, right how... After his first Rumble. of all, how did... How do you fit in that? I'm way too fat to fit, if, even if changed. I had that still. And then secondly, do you have, like, the best washer-dryer ever? Like, how is all, like, the uh I mean, it's, it's kind like, of coming apart, but I, I, don't, I don't wear it that often because I cycle through all my wrestling yeah. shirts. Damn, that is a good I one. I might have to re-get I that. I just don't wear it out in public, dude. We talked about this. The back of it across my shoulder blade says, I am phenomenal. It says, I am I phenomenal. <laughs> I wore it to the gym one time, and while I was there, I realized that I remember that it said, and I was like, "Oh fuck!" So I'm lifting. And then you were like, "I gotta get out of here." I'm like, "I am phenomenal." I am phenomenal, dude. I mean, if you know, you know, but many people don't know. Here's the thing, you know. Who cares? All these wrestling fans listening right now are with me. Put your wrestling shirt on with pride, and if anybody says they don't like it, I'm tell weird me about our PW fan shirt that has my face on it. 
Oh, dude, I don't even give a fuck about that. Because, I wear Booker first Andy. First of all, it's I wear sh- Booker Andy. Abs- sure. It's absolutely shameless self promotion. If someone's like, "Is that you on your shirt?" I'm like, "God damn right it is." Hell yeah, PW fan. I, baby, I do wear Booker Andy. Podcast. Yeah. I have no problem wearing that. It's just the face one. Something about my I, face. I wore the face. I wore the face one in the photo shoot. That's right. It's yeah. on the back. And I wore I wore the Booker Andy, the architect one. Um, okay. Jeremy wore the classic so, purple. The logo. classic. Still a great one. Um, okay, so before the first segment even started, it was announced that John Cena versus Solo Sokoa is happening at um, Crown Jewel. Now, I should have sent this in the format because I forgot about this segment. I don't know how I did. Let's talk about this contract signing segment with Roman Reigns and L.A. Knight. Star power. All right, so Roman Reigns opens the show. He comes out. He's still at the top of the ramp, holds the championship up when it's time, and LA Knight's music hits, uh, interrupts his entrance. He comes out, walks right by Roman, gets in the ring. Um, Paul Heyman moves the chair to the head of the table for the contract signing where Roman typically sits, and LA Knight would end up sitting down the chair. Nick Aldis would start talking, and L.A. Knight would cut him off, and it would pretty much go from there. Um, I want to get some quotes from this segment. So, yeah, Knight interrupted Roman's entrance, hit the ring, uh, stole his place at the head table, cut Nick Aldis off. It was top top dog stuff, megastar stuff. Um, I, I think I texted you guys saying, you know, during this segment, he looks like he could be Roman's equal. I mean, the star power was crazy during this. And if, if we're talking about who won this segment overall and who came out better on top, it was LA Knight. And that was probably the intention, but I digress. I think verbally, verbally LA Knight came across as the as the man. But Roman doesn't, like you kind of what we're saying, Roman doesn't have anything to prove. Yeah. But... This this to me felt like like the attitude era. Stars in the ring. So Roman at one point said, Have you ever had a championship match? Um since, you know, he was alluding to the fact that uh LA Knight lacks a big match big match appearances. And at one point, L.A. Knight would say, uh, while you failed time after time, while you were busy with suckering, suffering succotash, I've been out here since day one telling everybody whose game it is. Now, when you talk about the star power, dude, every time I see, like, a clip, like, looking back, every time I see a clip of, like, it's like a pay-per-view, and it's, like, Angle and Stone Cold and Triple H on the ring, and then The Rock comes booking out, I'm just like, what it's a crazy... crazy Crazy time, man. You don't talk know. about star power, and like Taker will be involved, what? and it's just like, what the hell? I mean, the roster. When you look back, it's like <laughs> you don't even. You're like, I can't even. That's cr- insane. But uh, especially in the early 2000s, when they bought WCW and everybody was there at once, like. But while you're in Rock, it, you don't know. It's like we Goldberg. could look back at the roster now, later, and it. Of, the, of what's going on right now later and be like, what a crazy time. But you don't know what everyone's going to be like in the future, so you don't know how insane it is once you're actually in it. Like, I used to think the roster yeah. during the Ruthless Aggression era was crazy. I still like, looking think back, that's like... 
I still think that's an underrated stacked roster. I mean, everyone. It was like every segment had like a pretty high up. Like there was, an, I, I can't remember the low card. I can only remember mid card and up. Low card was like Sunday Night Heat and Velocity. Everyone else on the main yeah, but, shows was like a dude, mid card or above. You got to think the low card, even back then, is like Tajiri versus Billy Kidman versus Jamie Noble, maybe Billy Gunn wrestles. Like it's not like it's like Scrubs, yeah. you know. It's like like even the the quote unquote lower card is like damn, like it's like some Hall of Famers in there, you know? Yeah, it was nuts. Um, okay. So during this segment though, it's a contract signing, uh, LA Knight by the end of his promo would anger Roman. Uh, you would anger him enough to where Roman would attack LA Knight. Knight would fight back. Jimmy Uso would come out of nowhere and attack and Knight would end up coming out on top and put Uso through a table. Um, this would eventually make a main event match, uh, be made which later in the night would be LA Knight versus Jimmy Uso. Um, the Street Profits would defeat the LWO. Carli- this was Car- Okay, I found this out as I'm writing my notes. This was Carlito's first match on SmackDown since April 7th, 2009. It's insane. It's crazy. Um, Logan Paul, during this match, would attack Ray backstage and so Santos Escobar would send Carlito to the back to go help him. Basically became a two-on-one, and they uh, Escobar would end up losing. Um, I've noticed that Escobar's frustration is continuing to build, and I'll get more into that once we get to Crown Jewel predictions. Uh, there was a backstage segment with Roman, Paul, and Jimmy, where this is where Jimmy would basically say he's good to go and the match with LA Knight would be would be made. Um and afterwards Jimmy would say Yeet and Roman Roman does not like Yeet. Told him ever since the Jey Uso press conference, Roman does not want Jimmy saying Yeet. Does he know about the Yeeks though? I don't know what that is. I don't know about whatever that is. I got the suck my D underwear with the Yeeks out. Kevin Owens and the, Logan the Paul Gen- would have an. The, <laughs> <laughs> the, the Gen Z listeners will know what we're talking about. Kevin what Owens I'm and Logan Paul about. would have a. Kevin Owens and Logan Paul would have a quick interaction backstage where they would stare each other down. I'd read rumors. I think last week that this is going to be Logan's next big feud. So we had a little tease, um, but it would quickly shift. The camera would shift to Grayson Waller and Austin Theory where KO would threaten both of them, saying, your faces look like faces that I could take out with one punch at the same time. And they would argue back and forth. Owens would walk away and then come out of nowhere and punch both of them with one punch, and he would just laugh in their faces, being like, told you I could do it. Um, And then I forgot who grabbed him, but someone someone would end up grabbing him and basically say... uh, that they have a punchable face. And he's like, see, I told you. Um, I thought it was funny if you ended up seeing it. It was kind of quick. There was a John Cena segment. I don't think I, I, don't think I, I don't think I saw this. I'm going to have to go back and watch that. It was, I, th- I thought it was pretty funny. Um, yeah, I'm going to go back and watch that. It sounds funny. 
So there was a John Cena segment. Um, so apparently he pissed off the bloodline and now a crown jewel. He will pay for it when he uh, goes against Solo. Um, so this was to hype up the randomly announced John Cena and Solo Sokoa match. Uh but the whole segment started with Cena questions himself, uh, which he eventually would feed off the support of the fans. And then with Heyman showing up uh, with some not so subtle threats and a beatdown from Solo. Um, but in the end of this segment, uh, Solo was the one left line. So pretty good segment from the two. Uh, some quotes from it were Cena saying, for the first time in 20 years, I feel like I'm in jeopardy of losing your support. For the first time in 20 years, I feel I'm in jeopardy of losing your respect. Um, Cena would end up saying this because of his 2,000-plus day streak of not singles match affecting him. Um, the crowd was chanting, you still got it. And he said, but what if I don't? Um, that was his response to them. He said, there's only one thing left to do at Crown Jewel, and that's win. And he said, thank you for 21 years of selling out the house based on the name John Cena. And seen or Heyman would end up also saying, uh, you are the greatest of all time in terms of communication in WWE history. A little shade thrown towards Cena during this from Heyman. Um, Dragon Lee, who had come up from SmackDown or from NXT recently, who I'd said is actually Roosh's brother, had an awesome match with Cedric Alexander. Um probably way better than it should be. Uh, I thought it highlighted both guys, maybe even Alexander more than Lee, and I think the match was supposed to highlight Lee. Um, it just, with Triple H at the head, it seemed like they these kind of wrestlers, like Dragon Lee and Cedric Alexander, were able to like let loose and kind of do some really cool shit. And I hope stuff like that continues with people like Ricochet and... And, uh, and others. I mean, I, I think it's cool that there's been all these, you know, a lot of people have been letting go let go over the years. And, dude, Cedric Alexander is still there, like, having banger matches, you know? Dude, like, his hair's, like, down to here now. It's dreads. It, it was, like, in a, like a samurai bun. I just think it's, I mean, the guy's great. I, mean, I was like, damn, I haven't seen him in so long. I'm glad that he's still, you know, you know me. I like to get a little sentimental every We still talk about that Obushi match. Dude, for, first of all, one of my During favorite the Cruiserweight match, Classic, one of my favorite matches ever. I'm gonna have to go back and rewatch that to see if it holds up. Yeah. You know, almost ten years later, but I feel like uh, it does. I'm sure it still does. We'll watch it together when you come over next weekend. Um, but you know, I'm just like I get like happy that like some of these guys like still get to make a living. And you know, the, I don't know. I get sentimental for it. I think it's cool, like that. You know, he's he's still there. He's still making money. Support himself. It's good, good stuff to see. So after that, we had uh, a segment from the returning Bianca Belair, who returned last week, uh, where she vowed to take out Damage Control, and that Nick Aldis had put together a title match for Crown Jewel. So it'll be Io Sky versus Bianca Belair. And then the main event was LA Knight uh, defeating Jimmy Uso. Um, after the win, Roman would come out and try to attack Knight, but it would be Knight who was left standing, um, hitting the BFT on Roman to end the show. So Roman was left laying. 
Uh, very good SmackDown. WWE is very good this week. A uh, little bit to talk about Rampage, which normally I don't have too much, but opening match was Mike Santana defeating Ortiz in a no-DQ match. Um, this is like one of those rivalries that was real, turned into a quick storyline. They probably should have saved it for a pay-per-view, in my opinion, um, just because they could have milked it and done more. But uh, it was very good. Um yeah, I'm so used to seeing them on a tag team, but they're clearly in different different parts of their career now. Um, and then afterwards, I wasn't sure if this was you know a shoot or not, but Santana goes for a fist bump to Ortiz, who's you know sitting down in the corner, and Ortiz would wave him off a couple times, like he'd go and Santana would still stand there, and then he, like he didn't want to look at him, kind of thing, and and then. You see Santana go like, "All right, I'll remember that," and then he he walks out. So it's like I don't know if he was genuinely, you know, outside of the storyline. Yeah, I don't to know. Be like, we're squashed. Um, Abaddon would earn a title shot against uh, to face Hikarashita at uh, Collision, I believe, uh, the night after. And then there was a Kenny Omega and MJF video package that was really good, which we would end up seeing during collision as well. I think you and me saw it together. Uh, Jay White would speak to Kenny backstage and Don Callis would speak to MJF. Uh, Don Callis was trying to recruit MJF, but MJF basically told him to fuck off. And then the main event of Rampage was Takeshka defeating Kyle Fletcher. Takeshka and Hobbs uh, would throw Kyle out of the ring. Fletcher would then attack Takeshka and Hobbs with a chair, but Callis would stop Hobbs from beating him up. Callis uses this as an opportunity to recruit Fletcher, who appeared to accept his offer. So, is Kyle Fletcher now part of the Don Callis family? Since he's part of All's the Open, but his tag partner is hurt at the moment. So he's been doing singles matches. I believe last week he faced Kenny Omega. Alright, I for this is rare. I had way more to talk about Rampage this week than Collision. I have one thing to talk about Collision, and that was that main event. It was about 30 minutes long. Kenny Omega versus MJF for the AW World Championship for the first time yeah. ever. Me and to you watched it together. Thought it was great. Yeah. Great match. I, MJF was um, doing shit that I was like, what the fuck? I didn't even know he could do that. So he did he did one of Kenny's moves where he's on the shoulders and flips backwards. It's like a reverse Hurricanrana. Harpoon and he also Rana. did the fucking... poison, poison Rana. Is that what it is? But remember, he also did. He also backflipped over the top rope and landed on his feet onto the floor. That was some crazy shit when he did that. Yeah, I and there were like, some cool I was, segments. That part blew my mind. There were some cool chain wrestling segments during this. Um, but I mean, both guys are are top guys. You know, they crushed it. So if you if you didn't get a chance to see it, watch it. Um, you can find video of uh, when it went off the air. Kenny Omega was in the ring with MJF, and they both had uh, nice words to say about one another. Kenny basically saying, "You know, if you had asked me a year ago, if uh, I would have thought everything would be in good hands with MJF, I wouldn't believe you." He's like, "But now." Um, with me not being champion, I'm confident that this company is in good hands with MJF as a champion. 
That was one of the main things he had said. He said it like, he was like, and now I will say that I am confident. That okay, I'm Jay. Yes, he said it exactly like that. Well, being honest. Be the greatest champion ever. I think Kenny or MJF let Kenny take them out with a I bid you adieu. But that would be collision. I Let's bid wrap you up adieu, the show. Milady. Okay, that's not how it goes. Let's wrap up the show though, Tim, with uh crown jewel predictions. Uh there is as of now, because Raw is still on and SmackDown will still be this Friday. As of now, there's seven matches. So let's no particular order. I'm just gonna read it bottom up. All right, WWE Women's Championship match, Eosky versus Bianca Belair. Who you got? Bianca. Think Bianca wins it back. I she's a she's a hard one to root against. I'm going. I'll just be different. I'm going EO. Um, all right, WWE United States Championship match: Rey Mysterio versus the, Logan uh, Paul. As the Gen Ow. Z, as the Gen Z with kids would say, they'd say, "Fair." Anytime I cut a kid's hair and I like we're like talking and I tell them something, they're like, "Fair, fair." I'm like, "Can you stop that saying sucks. that?" Uh, I hate, stop that saying sucks. that, guys. If you're under 21 and you say "fair," stop saying that, please. All right, Rey Mysterio, Logan Paul, United States Championship. I'll answer this, and I'll tell you what I think is going to happen. I think Logan Paul wins. And Fair. I don't know if it's clean or not, Fair. but but either he gets involved or he attacks afterwards. I'm saying Santos Escobar turns on Ray. Dude, that's cap. All right, be serious for the fans. <laughs> Who you got? For the listeners. Honestly. Business-wise, if Logan Paul wins a title, he shows it off on YouTube to millions yeah. of viewers. I can, I think that's, I think that's what's going to happen. Is I think that's what's best for business is Logan Paul having the title. No cap. Taking, taking it around, no cap. Fair. For real, for real. For real, for real. He's bussing. Um. Logan Paul's busting for real, for All real, right. no cap. Fair. Fatal five-way WWE Women's World Championship match, Rhea Ripley, Nia Jax, Zoe Stark, Shannon Baszler, Raquel Rodriguez. I'm going with Mommy on this one. Well, I go with Mommy in all aspects of life, so matches. Mommy's always on top, as she says. At, you know, looking at her, whatever she wants. Mommy always wins. WWE World Heavyweight Championship match, Seth Rollins versus Drew. McIntyre. Uh, Seth. I'll go with Seth. John Cena versus Sola Sokoa. Does John Cena break his streak of he losing? Needs, he needs to win this match. John Cena wins. He needs to win. I I I, I agree with you there. Because um, it, it won't really hurt. It won't really hurt Solo because he's like, if John Cena beats you, it's like, it's not like, you know, fucking... El Dandy beat you on Sunday Night Heat. You know, <laughs> it's like it's not like Disco Inferno beat you, right? On 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 thir- on Thunder. <laughs> like I think you're all right. Yeah. Um. 
As we said when we were covering Raw, this was announced Cody Rhodes versus Damian Priest. Uh, Cody, for sure. I'm, I'm going Damian. But it ain't a clean win. Cody's winning. I think they worked that leg injury from the week before that we talked about. And then, the main event, undisputed WWE I will say, championship. I will say about your opinion about uh, about Cody maybe losing. Fair. Undisputed WWE Universal Championship match. Roman Reigns, LA Knight. Who do you got? Ah... Uh. Dude, I don't, I don't know. I I gotta really? go. I gotta go Roman. Uh, I just if Roman wins, it feels like this was a missed opportunity for LA Knight. But my thing is, if LA Knight wins, it's like really at Crown Jewel. Like, not at, like, Mania or, like... No, Cody has to be the one to dethrone. It's been been foretold. It's got to be Roman, but LA Knight shouldn't be in this position to lose. He's... This... uh, Well, here's what I'm hoping. Let me throw this out there. WrestleMania 15, The Rock versus Stone Cold. Stone Cold is the biggest star ever. The Rock is pretty big. Not quite there yet. WrestleMania 17, the rematch. The Rock is fucking the man. Stone Cold wins again. But Stone Cold's also the man. But what I'm saying is, is I'm like, I'm hoping that LA Knight's quote-unquote star from here is only going to continue to rise. Like, he, he'll probably lose this match against Roman, whether it's clean or not. He better lose it... He better not lose clean, is all he I'm saying. He should not lose clean. That would not be good. I just... You know, I what do we know? We're that just fans. We've only been watching, you know, over 20 years, but whatever. But I, I forget about that video that you and me used to laugh at where... WrestleMania 50, Roman's music hits. It's just like... <laughs> it's just like... Hmm? It's like WrestleMania you know 50. What? It's like the Roman Reigns just defeated... Still hasn't uh, lost? It was like someone's so-and-so's son in a Fatal 4-Ray match or whatever that he was just like... <laughs> uh, but I'm going to agree with you, Roman Reigns... Uh, I don't think LA Knight loses cleanly. That would hurt his character way too much. But that's it. So take us out, Tim. All right. Um, So going along with the Sting retirement thing, my classic show of the week is Clash of the Champions. So if you go on, uh, and it's uh, Clash of the Champions 1988. Uh. So if you go on that, uh, on the WWE, no, I was going to say the WWE Network, if you go on there on Peacock or if in your in Europe or somewhere that has the WWE Network, you can do that. But yeah, it's uh, Clash of Champions 1988. 
this is the card. Uh, you're opening up with Jimmy Garvin versus Mike Rotunda, which is Bray Wyatt's father, and Bo Dallas. Uh, the Midnight Express, Bobby Eaton and Stan Lane with Jim Cornette in their corner, for all you uh, Cult of Cornette members. Against the Fantastics, uh, Bobby Fulton and Tommy Rogers. Uh, the Road Warriors, Hawk and Animal, and Dusty Rhodes against, uh, what is this, uh, the Warlord, Ivan Koloff, and the Powers of Pain. Uh, Lex Luger and Barry Windham uh, against Arn Anderson and Tully Blanchard, and this is your big match right here. It's 45 minutes long, that's why it's not, it's not a very long card, but Ric Flair versus Sting. Uh, they wrestle for 45 minutes. This was uh, this is the match that they always refer to where F- Flair's always like, we win an hour, class of champions, 1988, 1988 in Baltimore. Like, this is this is that match. So uh, if you want to talk about classic wrestling, wrestling and staying being anointed as the, the, the new up-and-coming guy, he had the flat top, the blonde hair, He's jacked to the gills. Uh, really cool historic match. So go back and watch that. Um, join us next week for episode 105. It's crazy. We're cruising right along. You know, I feel like we just celebrated episode 100. Uh, Jeremy will be back next week, I'm sure. Uh, like I said, he is an A-plus friend and a good human being. And uh, he's helping a friend out tonight. But we'll see him next week. Everybody, go watch some pro wrestling this week. Enjoy. Have a good week. Don't take life too seriously. Try not to, at least. And uh, just just have fun to watch pro wrestling. That's why we're here, guys. So uh, Lily, the mascot of the show, is waving goodbye. If you're watching on video, everybody have a good one. Take care. She bid you adieu. We bid you adieu. Lily bid you adieu.